Hello and welcome to the Our Community Listens podcast. My name is Adam Salga. In today's episode, we'll listen to a conversation I've nicknamed the Chief Chat. Led by Sarah Weisbarth, we have the privilege of hearing from two leaders in their respective communities and how they have incorporated the Our Community Listens skills and principles into the emergency services environment. Chief Greg Bellano is the fire chief of the North Charleston Fire Department, which provides fire protection to the city of North Charleston in coastal South Carolina. North Charleston has a population of approximately 120,000, but as a retail and commercial hub, it can double in population during normal business days. The 250-member department is divided into three shifts that work 24-hour shifts every three days. The department responds to approximately 20,000 emergency calls per year, including fires, medical calls, rescues, and hazardous material calls. Our second chief is Chief Cliff Block, who is the police chief of the Midland Police Department, which has 48 sworn and two civilian personnel. They operate under the core values of integrity, professionalism, and service to the community. They strive to be recognized as a committed and respected team of the most highly trained, protective, community-oriented law enforcement professionals in Michigan. Midland, Michigan has a population of approximately 42,000 and covers approximately 36 square miles. It is recognized as a great place and safe place to raise a family. Let's tune in to Sarah's conversation with these two inspiring leaders. Well, thank you both um, for joining us today. I'm excited to have Chief Bellano with us from Fire Services in the North Charleston Fire Department out of South Carolina and Chief Block from the Police Department of Midland, Michigan. They're going to share with us today how they're utilizing OCL in their environments. And I'm um, just really super excited and grateful that you guys have taken the time to um, share your insights with our listeners today. Glad to be here. Thank you. My pleasure. Chief Bellano, I'm going to go ahead and start out with you. Um, can you start by giving us kind of an overview of your journey with our community listens within your fire department? So back in late 2015, we became aware of the, our community listens training and that it was offered here in the, the Charleston, South Carolina area, really through word of mouth. One of my staff members was having a conversation with someone at his child's soccer game, and uh, somebody mentioned that this training was available and recommended it very highly. So after that, I met with the chapter leader here in Charleston and uh, asked her about the program and told her that I was very interested in, in sending some of our uh, staff members to the training. And uh, she very wisely told me that uh, the first step would be for me to take the training. And I somewhat arrogantly maybe thought that I knew this stuff. I knew how to listen to people. I knew how to communicate effectively. I didn't need this. Other people needed this. And of course, uh, so it was very wise of her to ask me to attend and I was willing to do so. And went into it with an open mind for, for the most part, but I was blown away by the training. I 
thought I knew this stuff, I didn't know. And uh, until I took the class, I just didn't know. I didn't know how to listen effectively. I didn't really even know what that meant. And through this training, I really came to understand that better and saw it not only as a resource for my staff, but a resource for myself, something that I needed to work on and, and things that I could learn to become a better leader. It sounds like it had a really strong personal impact for you. It, it truly did. I learned uh, quite a bit. The, the section on behavioral tendencies right near the beginning of the class uh, was, was very interesting. And uh, I learned things about myself. I learned things about uh, other people. And then the whole program on uh, the value of listening how to do that effectively and, and, and how valuable that is to other people. And then the part on effective confrontation was especially helpful as well. That's something that, um, that I have to do in my role and, uh, and I can do it. I don't like to do it, but the model that was presented through our community listens uh, is a better model than I had ever come across before. And it's something that I, I now use on a, on a regular basis. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Chief Black, um, what are your thoughts on um, your journey with our community listens, either personally or within your department? Well, I have a similar story to Chief Pilato. Uh, ours actually started in 2015, the spring. Our mayor attended the very first course uh, of OCL here, our community listens uh, in Midland and recommended it to uh, the city manager at the time, uh, John Lynch, who then shared it with all the department heads. Mm -hmm. And I decided to go to the second uh, session here in Midland. And again, as uh, Chief Polano said, I thought I knew it, all this stuff already. I'd been to several classes on communications and confrontation and uh, dealing with those kind of issues and listening. Um, and I uh, walked out of that uh, course thinking, wow, I, I really learned a, a lot and it was of great value to me. And I immediately saw the value that I could uh, use inside of our agency as well. Uh, again, like I said, I, I thought I knew it and I found out that uh, this, the skills and the way it was all put together just made so much more sense. Like I'd had different courses on you know different ways of handling conflict, but the way this class brought it all together in that three days you were together, um, was very powerful and had a, had a lot of value. And I saw that value both professionally and also personally in your personal life as well as your professional life and saw the importance of trying to get my staff uh, involved and, and, and see the same value that I saw. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how you then began to roll it into your department? Maybe what inspired that? Absolutely. So I decided that my command staff should all attend this just to do the importance of the uh, communication skills that are necessary in, uh, you know, being leaders and being supervisors and being command officers. So I actually started to do it where only uh, one command officer could go to each session. The reason I did that was if you get a couple officers together in the room with other people during the breaks, they'll go off and talk amongst themselves normally and not amongst the group. So I wanted to single out that I only had one officer there at a time, um, if possible. So they got the opportunity to socialize and be in the class with other community members, which I thought was important as well. And the community members that were there always had uh, 
a great insight into the law enforcement perspective too, and our role and uh, our jobs, I think, from that. Uh, and it made us real, it made us more human, um, humanized us, I guess, in that, in that role. And it gave uh, the community members an opportunity to see us in a different light than just being the officer that's taking a complaint or maybe stopping you and writing your traffic tickets or whatever it may be. It gave them a chance to really get a more personal um, feel and knowledge of who you were and and maybe your disc profile and those kind of things as well. So it was uh, very important to me to do it that way. And I'm still doing that now. The problem though, of course, by doing that, it, it takes time. And I had a goal of getting all command officers through that process. And it took me from 2015 in spring and we didn't get done until the uh, summer, I think of 2017. Okay. So it took time to get that process through, but I'm so glad I did it that way. It worked out well. So quite an investment that you've put into your command staff and Absolutely. your department. Yeah, so all the command staff has now been through it and I've had several officers have been through it as well now. And another thing I have done recently in our department um, is as they take different assignments, especially those assignments that are in public relations type fields, uh, being a um, uh, school resource officer, being a DARE officer, uh, communications officer, even detective bureau. Part of the job posting states that you'll be expected to attend in our community listens uh, session. Wow. Oh, so it's like almost a, a professional development that you're using to serve the community with the roles that you have in public safety and law enforcement. Um, but also I can see it being an impact on how you're interacting as a team and relating and connecting to one another. Absolutely. I've got a piece about that too that I can talk about either now or later, but the team aspect and getting the command group together and talking about our disc profiles and that we did uh, part of this process as well. Oh, it's very powerful. That's great. Chief Polano, um, any thoughts from that are similar from what Chief Block shared about how you're utilizing our community listens and your department and your community? Yes, I, I think we've tried to take a very similar approach um, by spreading spreading it out and not sending a large group of, of our fire officers to it uh, all at one time. That could really interrupt the dynamic. So we've, we've tried to be very careful about that. Um, we've limited uh, the number that we send to three, and sometimes it's less than that, but it's no more than than three in any one class. Uh, for some of the same reasons that uh, Chief Block mentioned, is um, there's such a powerful uh, bonding experience that the class members experience uh, that there's great value in that when it's members of the community with members of emergency services. Mm -hmm. The public can gain uh, insight into who their first responders are. As, as the chief mentioned, it, uh, it humanizes them. And, uh, and they learn about each other and learn about each other's different perspectives and, and really that, that uh, um, they all have the same concerns and they all want the best for their communities. But um, uh, but gain an understanding about how to uh, how to work through issues. I, I think better as a result of the training itself, and then the experience of having gone through the class together as well. It's almost like it serves the intent of the the public servant side of police and fire. Um, that there's this this underpinning of we serve our communities. We relate to 
the people in our communities. And through this experience, we have a opportunity to formally connect with them through the training, but then based on the skills that we learn, it continues that connection with our community members. I think that's exactly right. I think um, I think we experience that uh, where members of the community uh, um, and first responders form these relationships that then can, I think, have a lasting impact on their on their perspectives and how they relate to one another in the long term. That's great. Thank you. Um, are there any particular stories or experiences, Chief Bolano, that stand out to you, um, either personally or what you've seen within your department, uh, utilizing the Our Community Listen skills? We've had about 65 people go through the class so far from our department, and we're a 250-member department. And so this has been um, going on now uh, for about two or three years. So it's starting to permeate the department. And we've heard individual success stories um, from, from members of our department from both home and work. And we've provided um, people with the opportunity to share those with other members of the department. And it's very powerful to have firefighters stand up in front of other firefighters and tell them that this program saved their marriage or restored their relationship with their son or daughter. Or that uh, some will say, my supervisor and I are getting along much better as a result of this training. So that that's very valuable. And I think those individual stories are, are really encouraging to hear. At the organizational level, I think, um, I think participating in our community listens has given us an appreciation for the differences between the various behavioral tendencies. And I think one group in particular, the Ds. In, in the fire service, the fire service is very team oriented. Uh, we work together in small groups. We essentially live together for 24 hour shifts. And we really value people who can get along with each other. That is an essential part of the job. And Ds, because they speak up, uh, they can sometimes get labeled as problems. We had um, one member of our department in particular, a guy that I went through recruit school with, he was labeled very early on as angry man. Oh. And what we've learned from this training and what I've probably known all along is that he's not angry, he just comes across that way because he cares about the department. And he, it frustrates him when we're not doing things as well as we could be doing them or as quickly as he thinks we should be doing them. But every organization needs people like that, needs people who speak up and say, why is this taking so long? Or, or this is a problem and we need to fix it. And so I think we've come to value that, that voice and that person who is, who is willing to speak up. Another, another example of this, I think, and this is a conversation that I had with one of my shift commanders just yesterday, actually. So one of our shift commanders was very frustrated with the leadership style of two of his subordinate officers. 
And he said that I thought of the way I did things as the right way. And I thought they were weak because they could not handle things the way that I did. That's what he told me. That's what, that was his perspective. But he said, after taking the class, I went and apologized to them. He said, I realized that they had strengths. They were strong, but in different ways. And that's just a tremendously powerful insight for, for him to have. And after that, he would, if a situation required a different approach, he would send one of them to handle the situation because he had learned to value and appreciate their leadership abilities and even recognize that in certain situations, their approach was better than his. So I think that shows the value of this training. It's certainly a credit to him for being open to that type of change. But when I think about the alternative to that, there would have been a great deal of conflict and frustration if he continued to insist that his officers handle things the same way he did. And if he had been successful in doing that, the organization would have lost the benefits of the strengths that these other members have. Those are um, really inspiring um, notes about how this training, how this experience really can impact our personal lives, but then to see how it's going to impact the way that we interact with the people we work with um, and those relationships, especially when we spend so much time with work and, and truly in the fire services, those 24-hour shifts, that's that's some really committed time to spending with one another. Um, so the ability to kind of grow in our understanding of one another and um, use that in such an inspiring way. I'm just really, it's really inspired is how I'm feeling right now, Chief Polano, by, by hearing your, your stories. Thank you for sharing that about um, your department members. Chief Plack, I know that you um, did some real intentional work around the styles and the strengths um, with the DISC in your department. Um, you alluded to that a moment ago. Do you want to go ahead and share some more about that now? Exactly. Yes, I would. Uh, so in December of uh, 2017, we actually got together again uh, with uh, faculty from our community listens, and we had a uh, session with all of our command officers and supervisory officers. And what that was uh, geared towards was taking all of our DISC profiles and sharing them amongst all of us. So now all of us understood where we were as far as on the, on the profile, were we high D, I, S, or C, or what combination were we thereof? And we've got it all mapped out in front of us, which is extremely powerful because now we all can understand where we're all coming from. We understand effective communication communication techniques for each of us. We understand our strengths and our weaknesses and where we have to expend more energy to try to get things done, to do things a certain way. And that's extremely powerful to have that information in front of you. Um, hopefully they all pull it out once in a while and look at that when they've got to have a conversation with somebody else, or especially if it's got to be some kind of confrontation situation. So you know the best way to approach that situation and to allow them to uh, allow your, both of you, hopefully to come out to a successful resolution. Uh, that to me was extremely powerful to see where we all were placed at uh, on that disc profile. And I have pulled it out uh, several times uh, to take a look at it so I have a better understanding of why someone may be doing what they're doing or how I have to utilize their strengths and their weaknesses and their um, certain strategies to communicate with them effectively and hopefully get the result we want out of that. Um, as a 
Chief Bolano mentioned earlier, you know, we have to sometimes be involved in uh, effective confrontations. Mm -hmm. And it is part of the job as being a command officer and a leader of a department. And those are never fun conversations. But if you know where they set in the disk profile and then you, on top of that, use the proper techniques, uh, it can be very powerful. Mm -hmm. And that's part of our success story, I think, is having that group meeting, bringing all of us together to understand our disk profiles. I want to extend that now to all the officers as well, because we have several officers that have gone through this program as well now. Uh, we've got about 25 that have been through it, approximately maybe a little bit more than that, and we're only a 48 sworn department. Um, I did have one of my clerical staff go through as well. We only have two clerical staff. Uh, so I'm looking now to expanding that beyond just command officers, and hopefully the officers will be willing to share that information. I do want to ask them, are you willing to share what your disk profile is before we just go out and do it? and did the same thing with the command officers. Uh, so I think it'd be a, a major benefit for them also to see what my profile is so they know what I need from them when they come ask me a question or they need something from me. They know that I'm a high C and a high S. That's where I'm at. And they know what I need to maybe get what they're looking to get. Uh, I'll need a lot of facts and figures and data-driven information, but I'll listen to them and I'll be <laughs> empathetic to them. But I need to have those facts and figures to me. So to have that, understanding, I think, is really critical in having good communications and good conversations and getting good results. So that's that's one of the things I've seen that was a, a, a benefit to us internally. Um, I think also, though, is having so many people involved uh, in, oh, in our since now and being alumni, you'll watch somebody else interact with somebody and you'll see that maybe the interaction wasn't quite done the way that they should have done it based on being alumni to this great program. Mm -hmm. So you can then pull them aside afterward and say, hey, did you think about this and this? And quite honestly, they're like, oh, yes, because we are creatures of habit. And this is not an easy program. You just go to it and it just all becomes second nature. You have to remind yourself of these techniques. You know, I've got the uh, little cheat sheet card on my desk. I have the manual on my desk. I used to, on my uh, front of my computer for a while, I in the message was written on a sticky note on my on my computer, my computer screen, because you need that constant reminder to remember those kind of things, because it's not, you know, it doesn't come easy. Yeah. And you've, you've done communication a certain way for so long that making those adjustments can be, can be you know, difficult. Yeah. So, but if you follow it, it's very effective, yeah. very effective. I've seen lots of examples of that. Yeah, we're all in this process of like, what are the behaviors we know we want to change based on the inspiration we got from class and that motivation in that environment. Um, but it is a process and it is a journey. It is. Yeah. I think the most important one to me, as I mentioned a bit ago, is the I and the message. I think it's super important. I try to keep that in my mind at all times because I know that I'm a high C. I'm very task oriented. So when someone comes in my office, I need to disengage from the task and give them my full focus and remember that you know, what they see on my face and the way that my body is situated in my chair tells them whether I want to listen to them or I don't want to listen to them. And I've got to be very aware of that. And I, I sometimes fail. I'll be honest. I don't always do it right. So thank you. I keep working on it. Yeah, thank you for your honesty. Um, I, I really enjoy hearing that people are quote unquote failing in the skills because it really points to the fact that we're willing to try and, um, and we see the value of making that effort. Um, so I don't see them as failures. I just really see them as opportunities to learn and grow. So, thank you. 
one of the privileges that I have on being a member of the Midland, Michigan community is that um, I have this knowledge base of knowing that from the interaction with our police department, that the commitment that you have put into our community listens has now inspired the entire city to um, develop a relationship with our community listens and partnership. Um, so I just think it's really great that um, you saw the benefit and you saw that for your department. And from that now it's almost like feeding up into the larger organization as we partner with our entire municipality. So thank you for leading that charge and, and seeing that potential. Truly wasn't my intention to make that happen, but I'm glad it's <laughs> happening. So yes, I'm aware that the city has taken on this and, and really turned to run with it and making it available to all city employees. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, we're also seeing um, a common language. You mentioned you know, our growing alumni pool. Um, and I know that we're making relationships with like our domestic violence shelter um, and their entire staff has gone through our community listens and are creating this environment of how are they utilizing the skills within their organization, but then how are they serving their clients? And some of those clients that they serve are probably same clients and community members that our public safety officers serve. I kind of just threw that question at you. Like any no. thoughts on that kind of interaction and relationship with community agencies? No, absolutely. As I mentioned before, just the fact that we're in the class with these different individuals from different parts of our community is very important and powerful. But on top of that, the fact that I think our officers have been going through this class, the ones that have gone through it, um, I think will really truly uh, assist them in their investigations of such situations like domestic assault and sexual assault. And I think it'll help in all investigations. They actually just sat back and had the time to just sit back and listen. We don't always have the time and on the calls for service and what's going on. Sometimes you gotta be a little quicker than sometimes, but but I think if you just take the time and have the ability to listen, you're gonna be able to, um, first of all, make the person feel like they were valued. You're gonna give the, the individual the opportunity that you listen to them intently and you're gonna do your best you can to, to solve the crime or to, to assist them in some manner. Uh, uh, but it's like, it's very powerful to, to take that time to truly listen to people and Certainly, people that are going through very traumatic events, uh, domestic assault, uh, sexual assault, those kind of things, need someone that's just going to be there and just listen to them. Yeah. So, um, really, and in, again, inspiring just to see the like cross agency opportunity for that common language as well that we can be serving those clients with our best intent and working to collaborate um, using the skills and using that that base of common language as we seek to support to our entire community. Absolutely. I agree. It's very exciting. Gets me very excited. <laughs> um, Chief Bolano, let me give you a little um, insight into me. Um, I have um, family members that are in um, both sides of emergency services. My husband is a retired assistant fire chief here from the city of Midland. And um, I'll tell you, as he went through our community listens, and I obviously have gone through and facilitate the program um, we've had discussions at home. We've had those moments of, you know, sometimes the rules are just the rules. Um, we have a standard operating procedure. Um, you know, emergency services, things, things happen hard and fast. You just need to do your job and you need to do it the way it's expected to be done. Um, I'm throwing this question at you too. Like, how do you necessarily see that balance of command and chain of command? 
um, related to our community listen skills of how we connect and empathize with people um, and still be able to um, serve. That's a very interesting question and I, I've thought a lot about that. Even as a very busy fire department, only about 10% of our time on average is spent in emergency situations. And we train very hard on communicating effectively on the fire ground. We begin that training in recruit school. We uh, continue to train on the incident command system and how to communicate effectively over the radio. Communications is critical to operating effectively uh, in emergency situations. But that's only 10% of our time. So our community listens is really about the other 90% of our time where it's really all about interpersonal relationships. Groups of people working together in very close quarters, having just dealt with very stressful situations, working together, training, uh, debriefing very stressful situations and preparing for other ones that will inevitably come their way. And the training that our community listens provides is ideal for this 90% of the time that we didn't train, we didn't have effective training on before we found this program. I'm just pausing um, with the impact of that statement. 90% um, of what you do, you did not have effective training on before our community listens. That's just, it's, I just feel like that's an incredibly profound statement when you think about again, the time that we invest with people we work with, and in particularly how emergency services um, feed into the communities that they serve. Um, and I'm sure Chief Block would agree with this. First responders are under enormous stress these days, and I have great empathy for, for law enforcement and the work that, that they do and, and some of the active shooter events that they're having to respond to. And in some cases, law enforcement is, is specifically targeted in those types of situations. So uh, I, I can't imagine the stress that law enforcement is going through, but firefighters have to respond to those situations as well. Um, call volumes are increasing uh, in the fire service significantly in recent years. And all of this is just placing more stress on first responders. So first responders are taking this stress home. And in the fire service, we're seeing significantly higher rates of substance abuse, divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. So there's a lot of unexpressed pain that our first responders are experiencing. And when I say there's, they're at significantly higher rates of, of these things. It's like two to three times the, the general population. Wow. So it's critically important that we develop these skills to be able to talk with our people, to, to help them by listening to them, by listening so we understand their needs and can refer them to, to get assistance that's available to them. 
it's just very important that we have this training so that we can take care of our people. So I'm hearing it's even it's even beyond about um, working well as a department and serving our communities, but also it's creating a whole environment of support and encouragement and resourcefulness um, for the, the professional and then personal demands of the job. That's right. And I think fire fire officers, they all care about their people and they would do anything for them if they if they needed help. But I think too often because the fire service is such an action oriented culture, we don't think of listening as doing something. Mm. But in fact it can be very valuable to listen to our people to debrief a stressful situation listen to them so we can refer them to help that's available. We can do all of that, but we need to understand that listening is valuable in and of itself. And I think once firefighters gain that insight, they will do it and they will do it to help one another. It just has a really, I don't know, a strong sense of um, that brotherhood feel that probably lives within fire services and chief black. I have to imagine that that lives as well within public safety officers. Uh, absolutely. It does. Uh, you know, one of the unique situations though for us is that we're normally not in such a team environment like they are, like fire services are. Mm-hmm. We respond to calls sometimes with one or, you know, two officer units, unless it's a very critical situation. So we spend a lot of time actually alone uh, in a patrol vehicle doing our jobs throughout the day. You know, we're single uh, single officer units. We don't have a two-man unit. So uh, you're a lot of time on your own. Um, but we still deal with, uh, as Chief Polano uh, mentioned, that we still deal with a lot of stresses. You know, just watch the social media right now and you add that to the, the stress of law enforcement and then some of the negativity that we see on the social media uh, spectrum as well. And it's important for us to have the ability to listen to officers when they're struggling with those kind of conversations that happen because uh, they happen quite frequently nowadays, even though the uh, appreciation for law enforcement is actually very high. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't know that based on what you watch on the social media and what you watch on the news sometimes either. Um, so it does have a tendency to, to, to dig at you a little bit and get you down. One of the big things I've been focusing on uh, for the last uh, well, couple of years, but trying to really get, uh, get in focus on it now is officer wellness. And certainly, I think our community listens fits into the whole officer wellness perspective as well. Uh, as as I mentioned, you know, the ability to, to listen to people, figure out what they need, uh, effective communication. You know, in that, of course, does go, uh, like was mentioned, the, the debriefs, having a, a debrief. We're very, very cognizant of that now. And we use what's called critical incident stress management systems as well to make sure we get the proper counseling and debriefing. But it starts with paying attention to your your staff and and listening to your staff and the uh, issues and problems that they may be having. And if you do the reflective listening, you can really dig deeper. And I hope that all my command officers take the opportunity to to do that and dig deeper because I think you can uh, really help out uh, and this officer wellness thing can really be uh, beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, With with our community listens. Yeah. As a, as a family member um, of, of both fire services and uh, law enforcement, I really appreciate knowing that there are departments that are willing to invest in their officers in such a way and all of their their staff in such a way that allows them to be able to vent, to be able to do those debriefs, 
especially with people that can relate and understand the situation. Um, because I know what comes home um, and that stress also comes home. So I can imagine that this is an impact in that professional environment, in that, that brotherhood and that supportive environment. But I will tell you as a family member, I feel that impact at home as well. Um, that knowing that there are people in the work environment that are gonna listen and they're gonna understand and they're gonna empathize and they're gonna know enough about one another to be able to connect and relate just really has a significant impact. So I'm just gonna say thank you to you both um, for really setting that example in emergency services to inspire other departments to consider how are we going to utilize these opportunities and these skills in order to support our departments, our communities, and those family members of those, those officers. Thank you both. I feel grateful that we've discovered this resource that we can make available to our people and offer this type of program to them. Um, well, we are, we are truly grateful for the gift that has been provided to us um, and the, the communities that we're able to share it into. I just want to add one thing to that too. I think it's just important to mention that you, I know in, in the, from the police perspective, it's a difficult challenge to get past the, you know, I'm okay and I don't need assistance. I'm a, I'm a strong officer. I don't need to have, you know, someone uh, listen to me and, and uh, reflect on all these feelings. That's why I think it's so critical that uh, they are given these tools and that we have the opportunity to, to listen to people because there is a lot of that, the stigma of a law enforcement officer that, that may need um, some assistance or to tell how they're truly feeling. Uh, there's a lot of that that goes on, uh, hence the reason that we do see you know, a high suicide rate in law enforcement officers as well. Yeah. And then the same things, you get the domestic assault situations or abuse situations in law enforcement too, because they bottle up all that stuff and they can't leave it all at work. It, it travels with them. And I think it's uh, this is definitely a, a tool that we can use to help to help in that, in that whole um, process. There's more to it than just this, but I, I think it certainly is a, a critical um, opportunity to utilize the listening skills and the engagement that you can get from our community listens. Mm -hmm. So very important, yeah. very impactful. Yeah. Well, and that we can also resource family members of those officers and that they can attend class and become that supportive listener. Because um, honestly, the stuff that emergency services brings home, sometimes you just don't know what to say. There's nothing to say that's going to make it any better. Um, so there's a great relief on my part to just be able to sit and listen and understand. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. We are um, approaching time for our episode today, but before we wrap up, I would just like to you know, open it up. Is there anything else that either one of you would like to add that I haven't asked or we haven't touched on in our conversation? I, I'd kind of like to echo what Chief Block was talking about. I think attending the class can create high expectations that you're going to do things differently. And I think we experienced uh, that in our department where we were sending people to the class and, and other people were sort of watching to see how they were, how they were going to do and how, if they were really going to do things differently. And I think that's sometimes hard to live up to because no matter how seriously you take the material, you're still going to slip back 
into old habits and make mistakes. But that doesn't mean the class doesn't work. It doesn't fix every relationship all at once, but it does give you the skills to use to make relationships better one conversation at a time. And I would just encourage anyone who's taken it, it's something I remind myself from time to time as I, I make mistakes to be patient with other people, be patient with yourself, and keep trying because the, the program is powerful and it works. Thank you for that endorsement, Chief Filano. Um, I agree. I agree. I'd, I'd echo almost the same thing. Uh, yeah, uh, when you're you know, 50 years old, you uh, you know you have your certain tendencies. You do things a certain way, and it's certain certainly important to uh, reflect back and do the best you can to utilize the skills. I obviously saw a value in it uh, very early on, and have been trying to get my staff through it. I don't want to force anybody into it, although I did kind of force my command officers to go the first time through. And uh, but I would say the the vast majority of people I've spoken to after they've gotten done have thought that the the, the uh, opportunity of what they, the skills that they just learned uh, was very powerful. And of course, there's a session in the class when you first go that you've got to take some of that stuff home and give it a try. And most of the folks I've spoken to have did that and they saw how powerful it was in just that little simple exercise that you do when you take it home. The problem is remember to do that, you know, after the class is done, after the course is, is done. And, you know, I think are trying to, you know, having the OCL refresher classes that are being offered here in Midland, I don't know if they're being offered elsewhere, elsewhere as well, mm -hmm. is a great uh, idea for getting to go back again and to realize those skills and see maybe where they slipped, where they could pick themselves back up and, uh, and, and start using those again. But it, it does take uh, time. But so I, I think that uh, it's an extremely powerful, valuable um, opportunity that I certainly want all my staff to attend if they're so willing, um, but I'm not gonna force them to go either at the same time, because you don't want someone there's being forced to go. You want them to be open-minded and and uh, accept what they're hearing and, and accept what they're seeing and uh, have a, a proper, I think, uh, thought process when they, when they enter the course. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a, I can't get enough kudos. It's a fantastic, uh, fantastic, um, uh, powerful, powerful program. Thank you. Thank you. We are, um, we are seeing change in so many areas and in people's lives. Um, thank you both for the stories and the examples. Chief Black, you kind of teed me up to just kind of talk about our alumni resources um, and the continued support that we do offer to alumni throughout all of our chapters. We have six chapters across the nation. Um, we're just talking to two of our chapters today um, here in Michigan and then in South Carolina. Uh, our podcast is nationwide. Um, I know a lot of our chapters have Facebook groups and Facebook pages where they can connect with other alumni. We have in-person continuous learning in our local areas. And then actually our chapter leader down in South Carolina um, started doing webinars this year that any of our alumni can attend and tune into uh, um, across our six chapters. Um, so to be able to build that community across chapters across our nation um, really starts to realize that vision that we have that um, we are all leaders and everyone matters and that through practicing this truly human leadership we're going to start to change the world um, so thank you both again for um, being those examples in your communities
and um, spending your time with us today to start to draw those connections across communities and how our community listens is um, feeding into an our into our environments. My pleasure. Certainly. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Thank you for listening in to our conversation with Chief Bolano and Chief Block. If you'd like more information about Our Community Listens, visit us at ourcommunitylistens.org. And don't forget, alumni, you are the message.